Hello and welcome to Bread. We're a newish, spirit-filled, non-denominational church meeting in the Los Feliz area of Los Angeles, or we hope to be again sometime soon. Everything we do as a church is, as with most of the rest of life, currently happening online. We're not all in the same circumstances, but these days are not easy for most of us, so please know that we're here for you if you need any spiritual or emotional support at all. The Holy Spirit is not held back by coronavirus, and this current teaching series is our response to what we believe he's saying to us as a church. To expect more. God is at work, and he is powerful. We're praying that your faith, for his presence and power in your own life, will be raised as you listen today. Uh, hi everyone, nice to see you virtually. I for one am pumped to be back at church and to be continuing our series today on the miracles of Jesus. A few weeks ago, Hannah spoke to us about the feeding of the multitude. And a couple of weeks ago, Ed spoke to us about Jesus healing people from demonic oppression. Do go back and listen to those or watch those. They're both brilliant. Um, and this week, miraculous healing. As, we, as we've said before, and will, I'm sure, say again, we believe that our faith is supernatural from beginning to end, and that to be used in power and to see the transformation of God's kingdom on earth, each of us must be filled with his spirit and be empowered to do the things that Jesus did. It's what each one of us is created for. And when it comes to healing, I am fully aware that there are lots of questions that pop up. Do they really happen? Do they still happen? Why are some people healed and others aren't? Why do some people see healings and others don't? And as we continue this morning, I'm going to talk a little bit more fully on some of those questions. But I also just want to recognise that I'm not going to have enough time to address everything but I do hope that uh, this talk brings shed some light um, but before I continue Adam is going to read today's passage in the gospel of Matthew over to you mate when Jesus came down from the mountainside large crowds followed him a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said Lord if you're willing you can make me clean Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man I am willing he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, Shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their place at the feast with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. 
and his servant was healed at that moment. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. And she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. Just before this passage, Jesus has given the Sermon on the Mount, and as he walks off the mountainside, massive crowds begin to surge. So just imagine the energy and the the expectancy, the anticipation in this crowd of people. And as he moves through Galilee and performs the countless signs and wonders that we just heard Adam read to us, Jesus is continuing to make a profound declaration that not only does he have a messianic message of good news and a coming kingdom, which he just preached, um, but that he also has a messianic mission. There is a reason why a man with leprosy is healed, then a Gentile, then a woman. It's in this trio of miracles that Jesus unequivocally demonstrates that he is here to bring restoration to everyone. He is not the overthrowing empire type king that Israel was expecting. Jesus is proclaiming with a massive gospel megaphone that the kingdom of God breaks through purity, ethnic and gender barriers so that all may respond to his invitation into the kingdom of heaven. But that's not all. In addition to Jesus' underlying message of inclusion, there's all of the healings, which tells us something perhaps obvious but important nonetheless. Sickness is bad. Jesus heals a man with a skin disease, a man with paralysis, and a woman with a fever. Their pain is not ranked from better or worse or less or more worthy of restoration. All suffering is anti-kingdom, and it is in Jesus's job description to take it away. See verse 17, he took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. And I want to stress that sickness is bad from the outset because you never find Jesus in the Gospels leaving sicknesses alone because people deserve them or need to be taught an important spiritual lesson. That idea is entirely unbiblical and we must try our best to get as far away from that as possible. Of course, it is true that some people are healed and others aren't but there really is no definitive answer to our suffering. The kingdom is now, we see glimpses of heaven breaking in. Some people do get healed. And for that reason, we keep praying. But paralleling this, the kingdom is not yet. Pain is a reality because Jesus is yet to return and the world doesn't work as it should. I wanna spend the rest of our time this morning highlighting a couple of key moments in Jesus's interaction with the centurion and to bring into focus kind of what those things mean for us. And so to give a little bit more context, a centurion was a professional officer of the Roman army. So this guy, immense status and power. He has at least 100 well-trained Roman soldiers under his command. He's the embodiment of Roman Gentile military power over 
Israel. So he's an extreme example of non-Jewishness. This is why it's so shocking when he proclaims that Jesus is Lord in verse 8 and 9. He says this, Lord, I do, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. And it's easy to miss the weight and significance of what the centurion is saying here and why it causes Jesus to be amazed in verse 10. So let me quickly explain. What the centurion is saying here is, I have absolute authority in uh, my sphere of power. I have absolute power inside my sphere of authority. So when I demand something is done, my word is law. But in declaring that he does not deserve Jesus to come under his roof, he's saying, I recognize that. Unlike me, your authority is not limited. The whole world is the sphere of your authority. He's proclaiming Jesus's divinity as a Gentile, not simply over Israel, but over the whole of creation. And therefore, he knows that all Jesus has to do is say it. I mean, think it, and his paralytic servant will be healed. Um, one of my friends really loves to pray for healing. And he's one of those people who walks around just regular streets, just his day-to-day -day life, and keeps an eye out for people who might be in pain or discomfort, and he offers to pray for them. And he has some incredible stories of being used and seeing God just do some extraordinary things like being left on the side of the street with someone's crutches because they don't need them in the anymore or like seeing someone get out of their wheelchair and walk for the first time in years and amazing but if i'm being totally honest with you my immediate response to praying for strangers on the street uh to get healed is lots of intimidation fear uncertainty awkwardness um and I admitted to that, I admitted that to him once and asked him, how do you just go for it? Like, how do you get over the social awkwardness that, you know, maybe they won't be healed or they don't want to get prayed for or whatever? And he just responded really simply and it's always stayed with me. He said, Al, before I pray for someone, I just remind myself that it's not my authority and that Jesus loves to heal. My only job is to invite him. Nothing else is on me. And my friend and the centurion have some things in common because they are both utterly convinced that Jesus can do it, that it's not their authority, but his. And they both believe that Jesus wants to heal, that sickness is bad and that Jesus is always looking to bring restoration wherever he goes. And maybe you're feeling a bit like, well, great for your friend, but why me? Perhaps it's hard for you to believe that Jesus wants to use you as well. And it's important for us as Christians to believe that we too have been authorized to heal the sick. Jesus always uses people who believe that he can use them and just show up and say, use me, Lord. It's literally that simple.
Because if God can use Christians like the disciples, I mean, have you read of them and their whopping great mistakes and then their subsequent healings, preaching, building the church? Or if he can use me or Ed or Hannah or anyone else you can think of, why the heck can't he use you? In our weakness, he is strong. And in our openness, he authorizes and empowers us by his Holy Spirit. Of course, as with any supernatural gift, it is always worth noting that there is a sense in which Jesus is a model to heal the sick and a sense in which he isn't. Unlike us, Jesus carries unparalleled spiritual authority because he was perfectly obedient to his father, he perfectly received and gave out the love of his father, and he was perfectly filled with the spirit beyond limit. So Jesus is the same as you and I in that we're all humans, but he is different from us because he is more fully, completely human, being without sin and being God the Son. So if you're uncertain or feel ill-equipped to pray for healing, welcome to the club. Um, we are all works in progress, but if we want to grow in spiritual authority, we have to get involved and ask that God would use us, fill us with his love and empower us by his spirit. And just before I end, I want to mention faith. This is something that often comes up when talking about healing, and it's actually something that Jesus directly mentions in verse 10. He says, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. And so for the record, faith is not having a watertight argument about what you believe or successfully having zero doubts about Jesus. And in relation to healing, it also isn't something that deciphers who does or doesn't get healed. People are not left with disease or ailment because they didn't have enough faith. Christian faith is based on an assessment that Jesus is who he says he is. But our faith grows when he proves that that is true. Faith is like confidence. And a great example of this is the centurion because he believes that Jesus can heal his servant because he's seen Jesus heal before. The abundance of the centurion's faith, which as we mentioned, amazes Jesus, is such because he knows that Jesus can heal and has the authority over paralysis. And we know this because there's a previous instance of Jesus healing paralysis in Matthew 4.24. So he's either seen or heard about that. So in light of all of that, our faith, mine and yours, is subject to increase and decrease throughout our Christian life, dependent upon our experience. So you want to get filled with more faith and see people get healed, you've got to start praying for healing. Uh, my most powerful experience of healing was while I was a student. One girl in our small group had a heart defect since birth and her symptoms had become extremely bad. And unless there was an appropriate heart donor, uh, she was given six months to live. And when she got that diagnosis, we immediately started praying. Each week we would pray every time we gathered together, so student groups or home groups or Sundays, we would pray for her. But each week her symptoms appeared to be getting worse. And uh, one Sunday she experienced a particularly severe seizure 
And although we were all feeling pretty defeated and, I don't know, sad, a group of us kind of rallied together and tentatively prayed for her again. And the next morning she went up, up in for her weekly checkup. She had one every week. And she went in and had her weekly MRI scan. And the doctors let her know, this scan is broken. We're going to have to transfer you to another hospital. So she gets transferred to another hospital. She goes through another MRI scan. And as they look at the results, the doctors just are really confused, at a loss for words. Because they realise that the previous MRI scanner wasn't broken. From what they could see, it appeared that her heart was completely healthy. Like the hole from birth, gone. Her current complications, gone. And after further tests, it was confirmed. Her heart was completely healthy. And they wrote miracle on the medical notes. They had no explanation of what could, ha could have happened. And she's still completely healthy today. And the thing is, my friend was healed of a life-threatening heart condition. Praise God, it changed her life. But perhaps the most extraordinary experience, certainly for me and I think for others too around us, was the ripple effect of increased faith amongst us. We were all reminded and tangibly experienced that Jesus has authority over sickness and that he desires to use us in the process. And in the year of her heart healing, we saw countless other healings. Too many to list. A broken back was healed. A shattered pelvis was healed. A person's leg issue since birth was rectified. And there's a reason why people who pray for healing see more healings and have more faith to continue to pray for healings because they've seen extraordinary things happen. Jesus has proven to them that he is who he says he is. And so they feel compelled to keep praying. So it's okay this morning if you've only got a little mustard seed of faith, because that's enough. That's enough. Because God always loves to bless those who come to him just as they are, just with the faith that they have. And I'm very much aware that the stories I've told uh, did not happen in a global pandemic. So currently, we can't really go on the streets and pray for people, and we're not physically meeting in small groups or as a church. And so it's not something that those two examples are not something that we can replicate right now. We can't pray in the same way. But I wanted to remind you of a small element of Jesus' interaction with the centurion that's really easy to gloss over. Verse 8. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. And continuing in verse 13, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed in that moment. In this instance, Jesus heals from a distance. And what that reminds us is, that we believe in a God who is far more able and powerful than the limitations we are currently experiencing. All he has to do is say the word. So let's pray for healing. 
Now more than ever, there is an opportunity for us to do the thing we say we believe. There are sick people in our community and in our nation. Coronavirus is still causing people unimaginable pain. So let's get our voices together in prayer and trust that Jesus will meet us in our pursuit of him and his kingdom. Wouldn't it be amazing if we heard stories of miraculous physical healing during a time like this? Wouldn't it be amazing if we, all of us as a church, were filled with a jet propulsion of faith and just kept praying and kept seeing extraordinary miracles, signs and wonders of his kingdom and that our community was known as seeing God's kingdom in our everyday life, even over Zoom. So, if you have never been to our prayer meetings on Wednesday evenings and you want a context to do more of this stuff, to pray that God would meet powerfully um, and to pray for signs and wonders, come and join. One of the best ways to get more comfortable and confident praying for these things is by doing it together, by not doing it alone. There's always, on Wednesday evenings, there is always a you-sized space um, and we would love to see you there. Uh, so prayer meetings on Wednesday evenings at 5pm on Zoom. All of the information is on our homepage. And in this moment right now, we're going to have a time of ministry over Zoom. There's a button just below here. Um, and you can click it and uh, it will take you off into a prayer ministry room with one other of our prayer team. So this morning I encourage you, if you are currently experiencing any sickness, or if a family or friend is experiencing sickness, coronavirus or otherwise, come and join us. We would love to pray healing for you. We would love to invite God's power and for Jesus to be with you. Um, so yes, do join us. We would love to pray. So as Ben begins to play again, let me just pray for us as we end. Lord, we just welcome more of your Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, that you are not a God who is um, hamstrung by our current physical experience of separation and not being together. I thank you, God, that you are powerful, that you're here. And I thank you in particular, Lord, that you are the healer. Thank you for all of the instances of healing that we can read about in the Bible. Thank you that you heal now, today. Thank you for the stories that we've heard before. And thank you, Lord, that you empower us by your Holy Spirit to um, pray for sickness and to see it leave people's bodies. Lord, I thank you that you um, you most desire for us to uh, be healthy and well, that pain and um, sickness are not of your kingdom. And we pray this morning that as we join together and as we pray for the healing for individuals at Bread and for our nation, that you would pour out your spirit, that you would pour out your power right now, Lord. We just ask for more of you. We just pray blessing in your name. Amen. Who makes the sun to rise and bring the earth new life in every beam? Jesus, it is you.
spends the day tonight and watches me as I begin to dream. Jesus, it is you. Who brings me food for my table? Who cares for all of my needs? Who walks the road with me, has grown with me through all that I have been? Jesus, it is you. Jesus, it is you. So I lift my hands and I bring my song. All of my days, all of my rights, and all of my wrongs. I Oh 
to the one thing true Jesus it is you to the one thing true Jesus it is you